You might think, since this is Trinity Sunday, that I'm going to talk about the Trinity and finally explain this central mystery of our faith in analogies that will, at last, make sense of a very complex piece of dogma. You might think that, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> the unfortunate truth is that analogies never work to explain the Trinity, and they tend to lead us instead into a variety of different heresies. If you want to see that uh, played out in a, a really amusing way, sometime this weekend, Google St. Patrick's Bad Analogies for a wonderful bit of animation uh, that's very entertaining and theologically accurate in explaining why analogies always fail when trying to explain the Trinity. Instead, I'd like to look at these three scripture readings and see if we can find in them a hint of what the Trinity means for how we live our lives today. These re readings were chosen for a reason, and I'm always curious to explore what that reason might be. So let's take Proverbs first. This section of the book of Proverbs extols the qualities of wisdom as creator. Wisdom is seen here not just as a characteristic of a virtuous person, but as integral to the divine. In many cases, when the Old Testament refers to wisdom, we read into that a reference to the Holy Spirit. But in this case, with its references to the presence of wisdom at the creation of the world, the writers of the New Testament, especially John, see in this passage references to Christ. So here we have the Trinity all connected, wisdom, creator, Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A few years ago at a meeting of a Catholic Muslim dialogue group that I was involved with, we began by examining the various stereotypes that we have of each other. And you can imagine how that went from our side. But interestingly, one of the stereotypes that many Muslims have of Christians is that we aren't really monotheists. From the outside, it looks like we have three gods and not one God. But the Trinity doesn't just explain how God works, it explains how God is, which is why our language always will fall short of complete explanations of the mystery of the Trinity. So a word here about language. When we speak about the Trinity, Father and Son are, metaph are metaphors. Jesus is the only member of the Trinity whose gender we know. The Creator isn't male or masculine, just as the Spirit isn't female or feminine. But Jesus chose the metaphor of Father and Son to express the abiding love and kinship between himself and the Creator. Our language doesn't have a good way of expressing this relationship adequately. Some people find the metaphor of father and son to be a difficult one, and it's not the only possible metaphor to explain this relationship within the Trinity, but it is the one that Jesus chose. 
So if your spirituality leads you to cry out Mama instead of Abba, I won't mind, and I suspect God won't mind either. And that brings us to John's Gospel today. Having been chosen by God and through Christ adopted as God's children, we're given the Holy Spirit to ensure that God is with us always, guiding us and giving us strength and courage, faith, joy, and the other gifts that we need. Because our task as followers of Christ and children of God doesn't end with the establishment of this relationship. Just as the people of Israel were given a set of expectations when they received the law on Mount Sinai, we were given a set of expectations when we received the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. And those are both pretty intimidating statements. But our keeping Christ's commandments isn't motivated by fear, it's motivated by love. And because God loves us, when we ask in his name, our prayers are answered. The Trinity is fundamentally about the internal relationships within God between the persons we call Father, Son, and Spirit. But the nature of those relationships has been revealed to us not by the language we use, but by how God has chosen to relate to us. God is love. And unless you're a supreme narcissist, love is relational. That's why God's essence is multiple persons. Father and Son exist in eternal love, a love so abundant that it spills out into the world in the person of the Holy Spirit, whose divine nature is gracious, loving, giving, and healing. At every turn, God has chosen to love us and to make us his own. And Jesus has commanded us to reveal those loving Trinitarian relationships to the world. So the Trinity isn't just about who God is, but it's about who God is for us. Through all of salvation history, God has revealed a complex, loving reality to us. And we are asked as disciples of Jesus to continue that revelation to all of humanity.